the tiger will attack us. But when we face the tiger, it's going to back down. So, so facing the tiger refers to things like taking steps out of your your comfort zone. I'm going to stutter my order. I'm going to tell my friend uh, that I stutter. I'm going to ask that stranger that the time. I'm going to give a speech, no matter what it is. Uh, you build up that confidence, becoming a, a confident stutterer. Welcome to Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland Labrador's first podcast about stuttering. My name is Greg O'Grady, and I am a person who stutters and a co-host of Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland Labrador's first podcast about stuttering, along with my co-host. And I'm Caitlin Mayo. I'm a future speech-language pathology student, and I'm Greg's co-host on this podcast. Some Stutter Law mission is dismantling and rebuilding stuttering. Let's start listening. Some stutter law mandate is in the spirit of Newfoundland Labrador humor, robust and frank interactive discussions. Some stutter law podcast aims to rebuild confidence and hope for today's and tomorrow's persons who happen to stutter by dismantling and uh, dismantling stuttering myths, stigma, stereotypes, and barriers. The objectives of Some Stutter Law podcast are supporting, raising awareness, and increasing understanding and acceptance of stuttering, providing people who stutter, their families, professionals, students, and the general public with current information, research, and resources about stuttering, and promoting advocacy and support for people who stutter. Today's Some Stutter Law podcast welcomes uh, Daniel, Dan in brackets, Rossi, and uh, Dan, Dan is a digital strategist from Toronto, Canada. Daniel enjoys helping others grow comfortable with their speech through his podcast, Stuttering is Cool and Stutter Social, the online global community he co-founded using group video chats. As a person who stutters since the age of four, cartoonists and podcasts, Dan Rossi shares his own experiences and methods for breaking out of the covert shell and becoming a person who stutters openly and confidently in all speaking situations, including giving presentations, dating, job interviews, and even even dealing with those pesky, smirky waiters. So so Dan, uh, normally at at, uh, this point, we, you you know, we you know we normally uh, as, uh, ask you to share you know share a little bit about your life as a person who stutters. However, uh, I'm holding in my hand here your 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 book that you wrote called "Stuttering Is Cool: A Guide to Stuttering in a Fast Talking World." And uh, and then I I, 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 I you know, really you know, really you know, really appreciate your your sense of, of, of you know your positive attitude towards stuttering. Dan, would you would would you share with our audience your your your, your you know the reason why you're so positive? Because I've actually read the book; it's an excellent book, and I highly recommend it. So, do you want to share a little bit about the the uh, this book? Where it came from? Where the idea came from? Sure, sure. And uh, thank you for the compliments on my book. And also thank you for having me here. Um, uh, I have, uh, but at first I want to say I really love your theme song, <laughs> the theme music. So as a jazz fan, thank you very much. Um, so positive. Um, that didn't, I wasn't always, actually, in fact, I'm more of a glass half empty kind of guy. <laughs> but when it came to stuttering, you know, I mean, you know what it's like, right? Growing up, you know, with this idea, I can't express myself the way that I want. Um, or people are laughing at me because of the way that I speak. Um, or, you know, you avoid, you know, social, so, uh, social situations, you know, and it just, you know, compounds and you know builds upon you know breaking you know yourself down and it wasn't until my mid-30s I guess it was um when I learned you know through podcasting you know through other podcasts about stuttering the concept of it's okay to stutter 
like that just shattered <laughs> everything that I ever, you know, was told, you know, everything that I ever learned about stuttering. Um, and no, because I was always hiding my stutter, you know, once in a rare blue moon, I would tell, a, you know, a, a friend that I stuttered, but it wasn't, I don't know, nothing came of it. It wasn't until, you know, learning things like stuttering is okay. It's, you know, it's not your fault. It's not, it's nobody's fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's, um, uh, you know, and in fact, it's an advantage. Um, and, and the concept of telling people that you stutter, that isn't something shameful to do, because I was always uh, afraid to tell people I stutter, because I thought it was my fault that I stutter, because I, because I approached speech, I had speech therapy um, in the 80s when I was a kid, but I didn't quite understand it. Um, I, and I, th and I think it's because I thought it was a cure for stuttering. Um, and, and my speech therapy was like smooth movement, you know, take a deep breath and then speak slowly. And I had no patience for that. <laughs> so I always had that idea, you know, if I spoke, which is very strange, if I spoke, um, if I did speak slowly, did all that, that I was supposed to have done, then I would have been cured of stuttering, which doesn't make sense, you know, logically, but it, but to me, it did back uh, then. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm in my mid thirties and suddenly I had this newfound, I guess, source of confidence knowing that, um, and experiencing people looking at me in a more positive light as I stuttered openly and acknowledged it. And I, and also because I was okay with it. So they could be okay with it. Now it took a lot <laughs> for me to get out of my comfort zone or it took you know, quite some time. Um, and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, it took a lot of practice, you know, uh, to practice stirring openly, especially, especially to strangers. Strangers like, you know, baristas at a coffee shop. That would took a while for me to, you know, try not to avoid. <laughs> it took a very long time. Um, and, I, and I would credit having started a podcast about it, uh, about stuttering really did help. Oh, and then also getting involved in the stuttering, in the, I'm sorry, the podcasting commun community. Because there I was at the podcasting conferences telling people, like not only saying my name, <laughs> but saying, hey, and I also stutter and I produce podcasts about stuttering. So uh, there was always that, that look of, wow, this guy's amazing. And look what he's doing. He's so courageous. And, you know, um, having, you know, women say that to me, it was like, hey, well then. <laughs> you know? uh, so it was quite the confidence boost. And then I realized, yeah, uh, this isn't something necessarily um, a bad thing. No, yes, you can, you know, hate your stutter. You can feel awkward. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being sad about your stuttering. After all, those are your emotions, right? And they are valid. Um, but you need to survive too, right? You need a job. <laughs> you, you, you need to order food. You need to go to the grocery store and ask, hey, where can I f -f -f find the f -f -f fish or things like that? Um, and getting out of your comfort zone no matter how small the victory, um, it always gives you an extra boost, right? And then you and then you want to do it again the next time. It's it's uh, like a scary, but it's so worth it. I think I took the long way around that question <laughs> to answer that question. So so Dan in in your book, you know you you know you you know you also talk about a confident stutter do you want to mm. to i mean a person who is a confident stutter and perhaps you may have answered this in in, in your 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 sharing but how, how, you know what was your definition of a confident person who stutters that's a very good question i'm having a hard time answering think or rather thinking of the answer for a confident stutter uh, or yeah well I kind of stopped using the word stutterer now, <laughs> just, which is funny how people change. Uh, I, I wrote my book in, in 2013. And back then, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with the word stutterer. And I'm going to keep using it. 
and then I grew more um, aware of, you know, person first language, but I really don't care. <laughs> but I'm not sure why I even brought that up to begin with. <laughs> but oh, and it's also hard to keep saying person who stutters, person who stutters, person who stutters in the same sentence. It's annoying. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, yeah, again, long winded uh, answer. Uh, confidence stutter. Yeah, just pretty much you're okay with telling people that you stutter, you're okay, no, to some degree uh, that you stutter openly. Maybe you don't, like it doesn't bother you that much, like enough that you're hiding it, you know, or, or you're gonna beat yourself over it. Um, although I'm not sure if that's the proper definition of confidence. It's just that, you know, you know that you can do it, so you do it. That's a crappy answer. But I think, I, I think you know what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> You know, there's one that you know that, okay, stuttering is just something that I do, and I'm going to give that speech, I'm going to go for that job. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was I saying? It's been a long day at work. <laughs> mm. Well, well, uh, Dan, you, you know, like, I think, you know, I think what you're, you're trying to say is, is, is like is it's a journey towards self acceptance. I think, you know, yeah. people. I mean, yeah. we, you know, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we as people who stutter is not our fault because we, you know, we know that, you know, there, there's no there's no cure for stuttering. It's a, uh, uh, you know, you know, nor, you know, nor, you know, nor, you know, neurophysiological uh, uh, issue issue. And uh, you know, so 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 I mean, we you know we you know we actually do, do not know what causes stuttering, but but it's not our fault, you know. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the theory has it, it, it you know it, it may be socially related, environmental, genetic, you know, genetics, but I think it's it, it's a journey of of self acceptance. Would 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 you agree? Yes, and. While you were uh, while you were speaking, you made me realize. I think what what I was trying to say is lessening the fears of stuttering openly, which is you know laughed at still. You know, many people don't know stuttering when they see it, or 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 when they hear it. Um, and I was thinking in my head, confident stutterer doesn't necessarily mean one hundred percent confident, one hundred percent fearless you could still be scared and still confidently walking towards the fire <laughs> right so that's yeah it, i th i think that answer took 10 minutes <laughs> it's funny i went from someone who was speaking as li 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 little as possible to shut up now <laughs> you keep talking <laughs> my my uh, apologies to the people of newfoundland <laughs> And you know, and, and I was one, and, and I'm thinking, Dan, because you're, you're you know, you're, you know, you're an author, you really have to promote your work now as a person, mm. as a person who stutters. Do you define, you know, how do you uh, uh, control your your anxiety when you're trying to promote your your book? You know what I mean? Because we, yeah. you know, that takes a lot of promotional effort. Do you do like social media, in person presentations, or? Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, I I really got to promote my book more. Uh, I am a one person show, one person shop, one person team. Um, so yeah, so for now, I've been using so you know social media to, uh, to promote my my book, um, and you know podcasts coming onto podcasts. Um, uh, and I did small little things like uh, donating a copy of my book to a library on the off chance someone happens to, uh, you know, be searching for, you know, books about stuttering. And I've um, progressed to um, create creating comics out of the comics or character that appears in my uh, my book. So, so because this is this is a, this is an audio podcast so i'm going to describe that my book contains comics <laughs> about stuttering and it's a fox character named frankie banky and that really took off so I, I, I was really surprised um by uh how well the book did considering i didn't promote it much 
Um, and uh, I just realized I'm not answering your, your original question about the anxiety. Um, I would say I'm at, I'm at a point where I'm no longer um, worried about stuttering openly because I'm promoting something about stuttering, so I better stutter. <laughs> It would be to my advantage to stutter as much as I can. Um, the anxiety that I do feel will be more along the lines of, am I coming across as like a pushy salesman or, you know, it has nothing to do with stuttering. It's more like, uh, say on, you know, uh, across social media, am I posting too much? Am I self-promoting too much instead of being social? Um, am I... You know, I do feel a bit uh, self-conscious when I mention my book in certain situations. You know, for example, uh, would that be an example? Or, so, for example, I made a book, a uh, small little storybook for a Congress, during Congress that took um, place in Iceland in 2019 called The Saga of Frankie Binky, a complete parody <laughs> of the Icelandic, uh, the Viking sagas. And at the back of the end, uh, oh, sorry, this was the swag bag item uh, for the Congress. Uh, and then at the back of the book, I have an ad for, for my uh, book, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know, am I coming across as a, you know, and all that stuff. So that's, so that's more where that anxiety comes from. You know, I guess promotion anxiety is, is it the term. So we've talked a lot about your book, but you have a podcast as well. And mm -hmm. I was wondering what, what made you want to start a podcast? Like what was the, the driving force behind that? Yeah, I actually have two podcasts. <laughs> the other one, which I have to, I'm long overdue. It's actually the Frankie Banky podcast where I describe my uh, comics. Um, so my Stuttering is Cool podcast. So that came first before this the Stuttering is Cool book. Uh, that launched 20, 2007, and that was right after I learned about, oh, stuttering is okay. It was right after that, and I learned about the NSA, the National, the National Stuttering Association in the States, how they have a chapter system, you know, uh, the, the concept of support groups, the concept of having friends who stutter, wait, what? <laughs> and the year before that, I was searching for speech therapy because I wanted to get a new job. And I thought, well, I can't, you know, stutter in job interviews. Way different thinking back then. But something stopped me from getting speech therapy after all. Aside from being cheap, I didn't want to pay. <laughs> but, um, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was strange. I thought this is the strangest thing. And then when I heard about things like, you know, uh, support groups and such, I said, that's what I've been looking for you know, having other people that share the same interests as, as me. Um, and uh, I know it's odd for someone who stutters to always have that dream of to have his own radio show. Um, and um, sorry, I just lost my, my uh, train of thought again. Um, yeah, so I decided I'm going to start a podcast. Uh, and at the time, I already had another podcast called Spudcast, which was a podcast about creativity. It was going nowhere. But here's a, a great illustration of how much my life changed and my perspective changed. Going back to your question on conference stuttering, um, I would edit out my stutters on the podcast, and I would spend hours re-recording, 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 editing out. And I thought to myself, and I kid you not, if I ever get interviewed on the radio, I can't ask them to edit myself out <laughs> or things like that, like that, or take, you know, do retakes over and over. When I launched Stirring is Cool, I was like, I'm stirring openly. And so I created Stuttering is Cool because I was searching for support groups in Toronto. <laughs> which is very strange, a worldwide medium to find something in Toronto. Uh, I believe the Canadian Stirring Association, um, at the time, I think they were having their conferences every three years, I think it was. Uh, so it must have been in between. And I didn't really see any activity. There was no support groups, nothing that I, uh, that I saw, except for the Toastmasters group. So that's where I met Greg. <laughs> and I think I remember starting 
or sending an email to us, is this still going on? And then I think it got revived a bit. Um, and I realized I keep going off tangent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we got to we gotta start doing this when I'm you know, like six o'clock in the morning where I'm more sharp rather than at the end of the, the, the uh, day. Uh, yeah, um, I created Story School because I wanted to share also to share my newfound knowledge. Hey, stuttering is okay. This is great. Because at the time, 2007, Facebook just came out for everybody else to use. There were only a handful of Facebook groups about stuttering, all negative. Um, you know, MySpace was all the rage. And I thought I would love to tell people this whole new uh, perspective, as well as the benefits of hearing other people who stutter and hearing yourself stutter. So my podcast was built around the idea of leave a message and I'll play it on the air. You hear other people stutter, you hear yourself stutter. And I learned, and by doing that, I learned to catch myself from doing uh, too many secondaries and too many avoidances. Um, so all together, this became one big stuttering support therapy kind of thing, <laughs> I guess. And then the, and then the comics, later on came because I was always wanting to draw comics so it was just a natural uh, fit Dan would would you like to share about uh, who exactly is Frankie Banky <laughs> in your book the, the cartoon character yeah he's you see this you know this you know <laughs> yeah you see this is the reason why I really enjoyed your book because it has a, a positive perspective about stuttering mm -hmm. you know yeah, Frankie Banky is actually a character I all had I had already created way back, like way before uh, learning stuttering was okay. Um, you know, just 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 long story short, uh, I was looking for a cartoon character, and I thought, hey, this character kind of looks like he would stutter, which makes no sense. <laughs> you know, like you can't tell that someone stutters just from you know their picture. Um, but I chose this fox character, and yeah, and the and and the positivity is my way of, and this probably goes back to your original question that I took five hours to reply, and had nothing to do with stuttering at the time. The positivity to teach that you know you don't have to suffer anymore, you don't have to worry about. I mean, we are going to worry about what other people think, but you don't have to beat yourself over it over your over not having been been uh, fluent i mean i was there going oh i wasn't fluent i said everything fluid except that one word and oh it came crashing down you know this is just the way that we speak right it's just like i have no control over my eye my eye color or you know anything else but i do have control over how i react to things and so you're asking who is frankie banky uh, I guess he would be modeled after me. I mean, I really didn't really breathe any, uh, this is going to sound very bad to say, I didn't breathe any, or I didn't um, uh, plan out a personality for Frankie Banky. I just you know, drew um, based on my experiences and any jokes that I could you know, think up that were based on my experiences. Um, but I'm currently working on a graphic novel and, and, and really thinking hard, okay, what are his weaknesses? What are his strengths? What's that, you know, X factor that can make a book seem interesting or a character seem approachable and all that? Uh, again, I'm sorry, I don't think I answered your question. <laughs> it's been, oh, this pandemic has gone on for too long. I lost the art of conversation. <laughs> Oh no, you 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 have Dan. Don't worry. No, you know, like you know, you you know, you you know, you you also use you know use a character of a a tiger in your yeah. uh, story. There's, you know, so so there, you know, like you know, you you know, use the you know, you use the analogy of, of a you know tiger uh, struggling with, I believe it's uh, Frankie Banky, and uh, the you know the whole point being is. You know, like uh, uh, the uh, uh, you know one of your characters may, may be a covert, a covert, covert person who stutters, and 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 the tiger does does fight the struggle trying to befriend one stuttering. Do you want to, mm. to you know to elaborate on this? And yeah. uh, 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 Caitlin, 
this, you know, this, you know, you know, this is the little tiger that I bought <laughs> based on what Dan, uh, Dan's story in his book. And so, so I've named him, named him Amber Cove. Oh, that's right. I, I remember when yeah. you told me that one. And I had the tiger share that painting story, right yeah. behind me. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Um, yeah, so that tiger named Tiger, <laughs> T-I-G-E-R, so he's a block, was actually a crowdsourced name. So back in, it might have been 2009, maybe 2010, when Twitter was a nice place to be, uh, there was a very thriving, stirring commun community there. And so I asked, hey, here's a tiger character that I created. Uh, what should I call, call uh, him? And it didn't take long for someone to say, call him tiger, but with a block. So the, so the tiger analogy of stuttering uh, is the idea that the tiger, so let's say we take a man-eating tiger uh, or a woman-eating tiger. I'm sure they like both. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we have a, or, or rather a ferocious tiger. Um, you know, um, and that tiger represents our stuttering. And every time we turn our backs on the tiger, it's going to pounce on us. So every time we turn our back, we avoid switch words, deny that we stutter, uh, things like that, e like even uh, avoiding social situations. So in other words, every, every time we let our stuttering hold us, hold ourselves back, or perhaps maybe our fears of being laughed at, which is, you know, completely legitimate fear. I'm not saying it's wrong to feel fear. Um, it's, you know, uh, the tiger will attack us, but when we face the tiger, it's going to back down. Uh, and then, so, so facing the tiger refers to things like taking steps out of your, your comfort zone. I'm going to stutter my order. I'm going to tell my friend, uh, that I stutter, I'm going to ask that stranger that the time I'm going to give a speech, no matter what it is, uh, you build up that confidence, becoming a st confident stutterer. And this whole story, which I probably should have explained first, came from when a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Greg Snyder, who I mentioned throughout the book, um, uh, in the States, he went to the zoo and you got to pay a fee to play with the baby tigers. Uh, and by the way, my friend Greg also stutters. And he noticed that every time he turned his back on a baby tiger, the baby tiger would try and take him down. He would pounce on him and try and take him down. But they're babies, so nothing happened. But every time that my friend faced the tiger, the baby tiger would back down. So uh, that's when he came up with this idea of this, of this analogy that when you show people you're a tiger, you, know, you have your tiger on a leash, right? It's under control and not necessarily from a, like a fluency perspective, more like, um, you know, you've tamed the tiger, right? You've, you know, you've, you have a more positive perspective on your stuttering um, and, you know, you're willing to show people and then benefits come. Um, so that's where that came from. And in the book, I have it, um, uh, I introduced Tiger through a uh, mixed martial arts <laughs> uh, UFC kind of fights where it's Frankie Banky fighting uh, Tiger. And in the and in the graphic novel that I'm drawing, it's an alternate origin story, so it, to speak, that is taking a long time to come up with a great plot that explains everything pictorially for kids. <laughs> it's very hard to do. Um, I think I missed a part two of your question. It was explain Tiger. And I think there was a part two. Am I correct? Oh no, no, Dan. Because you know, like you know, like I view it as as a, you know, like you know, as 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 a person who who has always been a covert stutterer, which I have have stopped now, which which I'm trying to be open and honest about my stuttering. So so it's almost like you know the you know you know Frankie Banky is is you know. Be you know, be befriending, accepting. He, yes, he's, he's a her stuttering. Yeah, yeah, and that's what the graphic novel will be about: how he befriends the stutter, which is such a hard concept to grasp, especially when you're someone who hates your stutter. And not sure if you've seen some of the wars <laughs> across social media. We know wars, no, the acceptance crowd versus the, uh, no, I want fluency, stuttering is bad crowd. Uh, you know, don't tell me to accept my stuttering, which I completely understand. Um, 
you know, you could see it as a source of your troubles, or you could see people's reactions as a source of your troubles. Because the more I stutter openly, the more I can um, educate, and the less the newborn stutterers are going to encounter that. Um, And I just remembered the part two (laughs) to your question, which you didn't even ask me. It was more me uh, thinking that I should mention. As you mentioned, your um, Amber Cove uh, tiger uh, stuffed tiger doll. So back on on the Twitter feed um, in 2010 ish, uh, when we were when I was crowdfunding or crowdsourcing uh, the name for Tiger, um, I noticed all of my friends started buying Tiger stuffed dolls because <laughs> because Greg was also part of that Twitter uh, community. So I had one out at uh, to work, and a friend of mine in uh, the UK had one. Another friend in Alberta had one, and all that. And the next thing I I, I know, uh, a character, a cat character in a book, a friend was was writing was named Tiger <laughs> without uh, the dash. So I'm glad that that you that you brought that up because that actually became a thing for a very short time. Um, a woman in Germany, I forget her name, she knitted herself a tiger doll purple one a very nice purple one and then this is my tiger doll so it's something that i'm hoping that i can revive in the future whether whether it's a frankie banky doll or a tiger doll um but it was always something that i always wanted to do like maybe downloadable puppets or something <laughs> 3d printed i don't know <laughs> and i remember if if you don't mind me sharing when you first read my book because i remember how much you were saying, um, like, I don't know if I can stutter openly. (laughs) And now here you are going, here's my tiger. (laughs) So so it's pretty pretty cool to uh, see see that. Now, I'm not implying if you don't stutter openly for anyone (laughs) listening that you're, you know, inferior or anything like that, because I actually ran into that, which is very unfortunate. Uh, One of my... listeners who I'd invited to come on to be interviewed on my uh, podcast. And he says, no, I'm not worthy to be on your show. And I thought, what? (laughs) He says, well, because you keep saying, you know, you should speak stutter openly, um, but I don't. And I don't think that I should be on your show. And I said, no, no, you come on to my show and you can talk whatever way you, you, uh, you want, but he still didn't want to come on to my show. And that was a big learning lesson and how I word things. So if you notice in my book, I'm always saying, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to, because, because I myself, um, yeah, because I myself grew up with the idea of this is how you should talk. And I don't want to say this is how you should be talking, um, especially when I'm addressing the fears of social punishment. Um, so that's something that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, a very, very valuable lesson that I'm grateful that I have, that I had learned. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit back at the beginning when we started, you mentioned, uh, about how, uh, stuttering can be some, almost an advantage in some ways. Um, and that's, I read a a research article recently about finding the good. and, And I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's a big thing going around uh, now, like talking about toxic positivity yeah. and trying to make sure you're not invalidating uh, negative experiences and emotions with this stuff. But I definitely think that you can you can view stuttering as an advantage in some cases. You can view other things that are negative as an advantage in some cases. And so I'm wondering kind of what are some of the advantages that you see yeah. with your stutter or with stuttering? Yeah, stuttering. Um... You you no longer need to scan ahead for words to switch. You, you know you could be more present in the conversation. Uh, when you practice making eye contact, you make such a strong connection, and you, and or at least I find that I'm more at ease, uh, better than when I look away, because then you break that connection, and people may think you're lying, you're not telling the truth because you're, you can't look at me in the eye. Um, Another advantage could be, uh, you know, depending on, um, you know, wh- you know whether you 
you know, you feel that you can, you know, identify yourself as someone with a disability or not, because I know stuttering, it's kind of hard, you know, um, but, you know, you could, you know, if you do, you'll have access to services, you know, accommodations and all that stuff, whether it's in, you know, universities, post-secondary, you know, whatever. Um, there's that, uh, you know, you know, I know many people who are married and they stutter. So clearly it's not an issue. <laughs> um, uh, another advantage would be, you know, oh yeah, yeah, like uh, like how I had mentioned earlier, that you know people see you in a more confident light. Wow, you know, in spite of talking like that, he's not perfect. He's perfectly fine, um, and you know, especially since we live in a weird society where people want perfection, but perfection doesn't exist. And we can't be perfect. Even when we try, we're not. That's why they airbrush uh, celebrities on magazines because they're not perfect. Um, so there's that. And you do um, encourage just through your actions, other people not to let their, whatever it is that imperfection is, whatever it is that fear that they have, you know, whatever their tiger is. So a tiger doesn't need necessarily need to be exclusively a stuttering metaphor, whatever it is that is, um, you know, it's your strength, you know, it's uh, can drive you to do things that, you know, fluent people may not ever dream of doing, giving a speech, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, a one, one of those number one things. And one of, and one of my favorite things at a, at a stuttering conference when they do the open mics, because when the first timers go up to in front of this whole group of people, this auditorium of people, and they're saying, this is my first time ever speaking in front of a group, you know, and they're in their 20s, their 30s, some are even older. And you see that look of, you know, uh, victory, you know, after they have done it, because it was such a scary thing to walk up and then do it. So it, so it definitely gets you out of your comfort zone. Uh, another advantage is you're more empathetic. I, I, I safely assume, I, or rather, I safely overgeneralize. <laughs> you're more, uh, you know, because you know what it's like to be singled out, right? Growing up, um, I'm sure if, if we had unlimited time, I can keep going <laughs> like I do with all my other answers. <laughs> and I just wanted to ask one more thing. Um, sure. So one of my favorite questions to ask anybody that we have on the podcast, really. Um, I guess I'm just wondering, kind of with all of the work that you've done with your book and your podcast and all of the kind of the ways that you've contributed to raising awareness for stuttering and stuttering acceptance, what have you found to be the most rewarding aspect of that? Hmm. I'll give you two, my creative outlet, because I always wanted to be a cartoonist and radio show host. <laughs> um, the most rewarding is seeing the change that happens in other people, including Greg. Um, and, in, and in young kids too, uh, they love Frankie Banky. Uh, the other day, uh, a friend of mine in the States were a long time ago, her daughter, I guess she was 12. She, um, you know, she was too scared to do a video for school or something like that. And so her mother sent me the video and she says, did you notice she's wearing a Frankie Banky sticker on her, on her jeans because she wouldn't do the video without the Frankie Banky. And, and I think I sent her, oh yeah, yeah. I sent her Frankie Banky birthday, draw, a birthday a drawing for her birthday. And they have that, they have a special cabinet in their house of all the special things, you know, throughout uh, that daughter's life and that drawing's in there. Now I'm like, ah, I'm crying, I'm cutting up onions. <laughs> like, so it's things like that because, um, you know, like I said, I'm a one person team. I'm some guy, you know, behind his computer drawing cartoons and all that stuff. And I hardly ever receive feedback, but once in a while when the feedback does come, it's feedback. <laughs> it's, it's like great stuff like that. Although I have received hate mail in the beginning of my podcast for like, how dare you? call your podcast stuttering is cool you know so going back to your you know um 
toxic positivity and uh, but I really liked the way that you had worded it it was um I think it was undermining people's emotions because back then I had well intentions oh no I'm telling you you don't have to worry but not realizing <laughs> you know this you know and I didn't even know that toxic positivity was a thing until well the pandemic when I saw a pop on in my Facebook feed and I'm like people don't want to be pause positive so it took a while for me to <laughs> They'll flip over my head to realize, ah, that's what they're talking about. So yeah, yeah, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's seeing the change that my work has done because like I said, I never knew my book would take off. I thought people would demand their money back and I almost didn't even finish the book. I said, this is garbage. Why would people want to read this? So I guess I didn't see the forest for the trees. <laughs> oh, and one more thing, you know, I highly recommend everybody to write a book. You know, why would would you recommend that, Dan, for all, uh, all people who start yeah, to, a, to write a book? Yeah, a book or whatever creative outlet that you have. It could be video, it could be music, it could be whatever. But I guess in, in context of a book about your stuttering experiences, because you never know who you're going to reach. Um, and, you know, of course, it's a creative outlet, so that's fun. And you never know where it could lead, where it could grow to. I thought my podcast would last four episodes when it first launched it. No one's going to want to record their stuttering on an, you know, um, on a podcast. Uh, and I released episode 258, I think, uh, last week, um, which, which isn't a lot considering I've been podcasting for about 13 years, but I don't put out episodes. Episodes very, uh, very uh, frequently, um, and there I go. I lost my train of thought again. Oh, oh yeah, writing a book. Yeah, you never know because I ended up, and I'm not bragging or anything, but like I'm just surprised at like how one small idea, you know, uh, spawned off. You know, interviews on you know CBC Radio, me doing Toastmasters, right? Uh, you know, when I went to the Toastmasters. Um, and, you know, me being invited to speak at the first NLSA, me being asked to create the logo <laughs> for the NLSA, um, you know, and, you know, going to stirring conferences, now I could say around the world, um, if I can count three countries that's around the world, <laughs> but um, yeah, and now comics, I never knew I would make a book, yeah, and it's always fun, it's just you know, more steps out of your comfort zone, more re more fodder to even uh, to help you disclose your stuttering. Oh, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to a conference. Oh, what kind of conference? Stuttering conference. Oh, um, I spoke on the radio. I, I, wrote, I wrote a book about stuttering. Now, suddenly you don't have to worry about stuttering because now you got to prove that you stutter. So you, you better stutter openly as you explain, you know, how you went to this conference, you know, in St. John's or Montreal or, you know, Toronto um, over, uh, over the weekend. So, and uh, yeah, and, and then sharing yourself through an art form, whatever that creative outlet is, is another way of communicating. And I don't mean that from an avoiding stuttering point of view. It's another language, I guess, another form of connecting, but through, but through your soul, you know, um, and it's, and I get a lot of joy from uh, getting, from sharing uh, stuttering jokes or sharing, um, or not, like not stuttering jokes, but I'm, I put some humor into some of the situations, you know, that I was terrified of growing up um and i and i find joy in connecting with others through that comic where they say yeah that's so funny i went through the exact same thing you know uh, trying to make that phone call and all that stuff um and it's a comic story about making a phone call and things didn't go well and then frankie Banky ended up flooding his house because he kept stirring too much on the phone and they thought he was a a broken cell phone call uh, and he says no no no, your toilet overflowed <laughs> it's broken i want my warranty <laughs> and all that stuff i took the long way around again on on uh, that one 
So Dan, Dan, I mean, you know, you know, knowing that you, you know, that you know that you have been doing your podcast a number of years now, and and, and given now that uh, some stutter law is, is brand new, we only uh, started the some stutter law uh, in March. Do you, you know? Do do you have any words of wisdom for us? <laughs> To be honest, I've been taking cues from you guys. <laughs> I'm like, they're doing very well. They're doing better than I am. <laughs> like I said at the beginning, yeah, I love the theme song. Um, and I like how you have your guests read uh, the credits at, uh, at uh, the end. Um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. And well, I have a question for you. What does love mean? I tried looking it up on Google, I wasn't quite sure, like, I don't know. <laughs> Caitlin, would, would you like to, to explain the name, where it came from? For sure. So it is, it is a play on some Newfoundland English dialect features because we have a very fun dialect of English here in Newfoundland. And so la is, it's kind of, it's just like a little expression added to the end of phrases. It's kind of means like, look, almost like just kind of added to the end like oh look over there la like i i could hear my grandmother's voice in my head saying it with her <laughs> thick newfoundland accent um it's it's hard to explain exactly what it means it's just kind of thrown onto the end of phrases for emphasis and things like that so would it be like the newfoundland version of a like how we say a kind of a, a little of, bit but, yeah but more yeah. in the context yeah. of look like look yeah. over there or yeah. 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 See, Dan, you know, Dr. Paul D. Decker came up with the the name, and uh, Paul, you know, Paul is is an associate uh, uh, associate professor of linguist you know linguistics at Mun. So, so he you know he he has been working closely with us. And so, so you know, so Paul came up with the name, name, but 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 he, you know, Paul, you know, suggested a name as Caitlin was saying that Newfoundlanders can identify with, and it's almost like mm -hmm. like it, it is a saying that's going going back for history that some feed law, some uh, uh, some weather law, some boat law, some fish um, and brews law. I so so you know law, you know you know law, you know law is is an, an, an intensifier so i mean some some heat law some you know so so so, so <laughs> more of a, like, <laughs> oh yeah definitely so you, you know so it, it, it emphasizes some store some style law some storm law sort of thing you know mm. but it, it it is a definite a catchy name and it adds a yeah. little Newfoundland character, gives people an idea of where we're where we're at. Gives nice. people gives people questions. They're like, "What does that mean?" And, and then they're talking about the podcast. So, and then we start <laughs> saying it here in Toronto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and take yeah. you guys so, off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, then I mean, this you know, this you know, this you know, this you know, this is one of our main objectives with with you know, some stutter law is to make stuttering more you know you know i mean the general public in the province more aware of stuttering yeah. and uh, because i mean stuttering is not like i talked about in in newfoundland in labrador mm -hmm. wouldn't you agree caitlin absolutely yeah no it's it's definitely mm -hmm. not talked about a lot we we recently um have been on the the local news a little bit here which has been really cool but i've had people reach out to me being like i didn't know any of this stuff like it's this is the wow. first this, they said that's the first time they've ever heard anything about stuttering like anything at all wow not like they haven't nothing, seen the king's speech i mean <laughs> maybe some of them have but like i've had people reach out to me and yeah. they haven't heard negative things they haven't heard positive things just nothing which is crazy. Yeah, wow. Uh, you know what? That brings back a memory. The early days of my podcast where I met somebody from, was it Malaysia? Uh, where it says, yeah, there isn't even a word for stuttering. We don't, we don't have speech therapists here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knew it was the same thing in, <laughs> in parts of New England? <laughs> wow. Well, def definitely. So, but anyhow, Dan, Daniel, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank uh, you. Uh, to 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 be with us, Dan, and to share your thoughts and and, and the 
thank you being you know thank you very much for being a strong advocate and an ally for people who stutter likewise <laughs> and 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 thank you for having me on and tolerating my roundabout <laughs> answers <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with me today aside from i didn't sleep for two days but that's probably why <laughs> i think so i think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so Dan, where you know, where you know, where would the, the public find your book now? Ah, and, and, and see, I'm bad part. with promoting okay. myself. I didn't even say where to buy it. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Stutteringschool.com or FrankieBanky.com. It's a new website that I launched in October of exclusively my Frankie Banky comics. Um, and the reason I did that, I know it's a bit dangerous to have two different brands, but I wanted. Uh, to use Frankie Banky to promote stuttering awareness. And I, and I felt like I couldn't really do that with a website named Stuttering is Cool because I felt maybe it was undermining, um, you, know, the, you know, the emotions that we feel. That we feel. Um, although now I'm starting to regret. I thought, well, you could say Stuttering is Cool. But yeah, but in any case, um, uh, what's it called? Going on a tangent again. Yeah, yeah there will be links on FrankieBanky.com as well. And, and I sell my book through Etsy. Uh, as you know, for now, I'm planning to uh, expand. Um, and my book is also available in digital format on Apple Books and on Google Play. And it's also been translated into French uh, with thanks to the Association de Game uh, Communication. So if any Francophone listeners are interested, you can buy the French version over on the abcbegema.org website. <laughs> And it's called Big A So Cool. So you can always do a Google search and you'll find it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, then, thanks again. And we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, thank you. And, and, and I look forward to hearing myself ramble. <laughs> Sorry about that. And it was great to, and it was great to meet you, Caitlin. You as well. Take care, Dan. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot, Caitlin. Bye. Bye. Some Stutter Love, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering has so much to talk about. Let's start listening. This has been an episode of Some Stutter La, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering. Some Stutter La is hosted and produced by Greg O'Grady, Caitlin Mayo, Emily Murphy, Dr. Paul Decker, and Luca Dinu. Some Stutter La is available on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. You can also check out the Some Stutter Law channel on YouTube to ask a question, send us a comment or, or suggestion, or, or just to get in touch, find us online at Some Stutter Podcast on Instagram or at Some Stutter La Pod. That's S O M E S T U T T E R L U H Pod <laughs> on Facebook. And thanks for l- listening. <laughs>